And now, a Breakthrough Basketball original podcast, The Jim Huber Show. After basketball, his dream is to become a rodeo clown. Jim Huber. Hey, everybody. Oh, it is hard work being this good. I was like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a, a big choo-choo train. We join the Jim Huber Show, already in progress. I did that with not having any type of medication. <laughs> Coach Dave Love is the guest today, Jim. Uh, Dave is one of the best shooting experts in the world. You've been excited about this, son. I love shooting. You have, seriously. My son is a shooter, so I'm in the gym every day, and shooting is our life right now. You mean play basketball? Dave works with the Orlando Magic. He's worked with the Phoenix Suns. He's worked with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Tristan Thompson, Dave was the guy who helped him switch to the other hand. Uh, We'll talk about that. Uh, Coach Dave, are you there? Hey, this is one of the podcast with Jim by himself. Hey, everybody. Come in, Berlin. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? We got you. You on the road this morning, Dave? Uh, I am in my hometown of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which is where I live full time. And then I commute down to Orlando for, uh, uh, for when I'm working. Live from Canada, the second guest in a row, Dave, by the way, that has the same hair as Jim. I don't know what's going on. Danny Miles and then... Perfect haircut. Yeah. I've I've never had to worry about hair products or or doing my hair. I'm ready to go whenever I get out of bed. Have you ever thought about getting a sponsorship by somebody or like people like you just get at me about turtle wax or something, (laughs) getting that and I was like, okay. (laughs) I'm open to ideas. Oh, man. Well, your, your website is for uh, the love of the game. Go to theloveofthegame.com. And, uh, You've been looking at, what, videos and yeah, throughout I the last couple of months? I actually watched like a 49-minute presentation that Coach Love did. I'm not sure where it was, uh, but it's online, and it was about building the shooting form and, you know, just looking at everything that you put out and really enjoy what you're doing. Oh, I appreciate that. I've got... Uh the vocal minority who believe in the sweep and sway method that uh, that will go after me every once in a while for being a dinosaur and uneducated and all this and uh, but uh, and I don't even mind that somebody disagrees with me. We're all entitled to opinions and there's a bunch of different ways to do this. But uh, don't condescend me like I I don't know what I'm doing when I uh, do it at a relatively high level so and have success. So that's. That's the part that cracks me up. Yeah, Mr. Hoover's gone after a few people, hadn't he? Talk about Republicans and Democrats, and you get in and talk about the hop or the one-two or sweep and sway, the square, all these different things, and people get up in arms and get real divided instead of having, a, to me, an intelligent conversation to see what works. There's many different things that do work. It's not like one way per se, uh, but be yeah. open to listen to ideas and what can help somebody be successful, especially in shooting. I get a lot, and I know we'll probably talk about some of this within the uh, the podcast. But I get a lot of, uh, well, you can't tell me the sweep and sway doesn't happen, and and I'm the first to admit, yes, it happens. I just don't encourage it to happen. I don't I don't encourage more body motion. I'm trying to limit it and understand that 24 foot shots, it's going to have to happen to a certain extent. So don't you don't you think on that, that coach when. You talk about that with kids working with them where you get in the sweep and sway. Sometimes kids will take their head and they'll like rock back their shoulders and they'll get their body going back kind and of fade going away to, to the basket. Do you see that at times and reason why you don't focus uh, oh yeah. on it? The kids, the kids will overdo anything and that's my biggest issue with the turn. Like I encourage square, but I'll settle for less than square because 
for the most part, I don't think it's that detrimental. But if kids are going to sweep and sway more to gain more power and less accuracy, well, then it stands to reason that they're going to overdo the turn as well. And now you got kids facing at a 90-degree angle because they were told to turn slightly. I'm a nut about that stuff. How, how did you get into shooting? What was it about shooting the ball that, you know, that's what I want to do? Um, that's really the only thing that I did well in the game of basketball. I was a very mediocre uh, Canadian high school basketball player, which would probably uh, translate to a below-average uh, American high school uh, player, but I could shoot. And if you left me open, I would make shots. Uh, and then I lucked into just being in the right place at the right time when I was a ball boy for the Calgary 88s of the World Basketball League, and Chip England was a player for the Calgary 88s. And uh, Chip is now the shooting coach in San Antonio, and uh, in my opinion, the uh, the best shooting coach in the world, and by a fair amount. And uh, and we just had this big brother, little brother type of friendship and he started to teach me how he shot the basketball. And uh, I just the, the thing that I love to do and just uh, that the, the science that he went into uh, really appealed to my personality. And what I've discovered is I love teaching shooting maybe more now than I, I love shooting myself. How do you bridge a gap with an NBA player having only played in high school some, you know, what I'm saying some of them might look at yep. you and say, "Look, you didn't play in college. You didn't play. How are you going to teach me to shoot a basketball? How do you overcome that and gain their confidence?" Uh, I, I feel like for the first time in my career, I'm, uh, I'm, I've had enough experience that that's starting to uh, speak for itself. What, like when you can list some of the players I've worked with, which I don't talk publicly about, but uh, but guys will know. Um, then, then that gives you some credibility. But I'm just coming into that uh, phase of my career now. So in the past, I think it's just being authentic to yourself. And, like, I caught to it right from the beginning. And I say to guys, like, hey, I, you're not going to listen to me because I can do this better than you. I just understand and I have a way of teaching it that that has been successful. And then I don't overstep my boundaries. I'm very, very, very careful of not overstepping my boundaries. I, uh, some of the best advice I ever got was you don't have to say a lot, but when you say something, make sure you're right. And I'll even joke with my players that uh, if, I, if I give you advice on anything other than your shooting mechanics, ignore me. And that can be from uh, uh, lifting weights to your lifestyle to uh, to how you're going to come off a, uh, a pick-and-roll situation. Ignore me on that, because I don't know what I'm talking about to the level that you talk. But when it comes to your shooting mechanics, I know what I'm talking about. And I think that gains me some credibility where uh, everybody else would like to claim they're an expert at everything. And, uh, and I'm pretty honest to say, no, I'm really good at one thing. Coach, when you go back to Coach Chip and, you know, with the San Antonio Spurs and like you talk about is. Coach Popovich trusts him so much, what he pays him, and then also, you know, wanting him to be an like, assistant coach on the bench. What can you tell me makes him one of the best in the world? What does he do that makes him so great at that? Chip would probably be uncomfortable with me talking about him uh, because he's very private about stuff. 
but uh, but number one is technical knowledge of the shot is uh, is second to none. But what makes him special is just he's so good with people, and he's so good with reading situations and and understanding and creating relationships, and uh, and that's what really sets him apart. So the te- the technical side, then, how have you been able to pick up on that, and what do you do on that side of it with the players you work with? What I've gotten a lot better at in the last uh, several, or probably three or four years, is going from having my theory on shooting the basketball and trying to fit the player into that theory. Uh, instead, now I have a better understanding of how the shot works and what will be holding that particular player back. And it's, so, of course, I have my theories, and I share those on, on Twitter and Instagram, and and will sometimes get attacked for something being wrong or uh, in, in uh, a follower's opinion. But the reality is sometimes I don't even broach that uh, certain subjects with a player because they've got one issue that's really holding them back. And if you can correct that one mechanical issue, then everything else will kind of fall into place or maybe doesn't affect the shot too, too much. What do you see mechanically that works consistently for individuals to be effective shooters? The the two most important things to me are how you connect to the floor, uh, which is just sort of my my fancy way of saying how good is your balance and, and how are you able to push evenly up off the floor so that all the energy that your legs are creating is going straight up in the air. Uh, and then how do you connect to the basketball? Because those are the only uh, two tools, if you want to use that word, we have. We have the physical floor, we have the physical basketball, and that's, those are the only things that we get to use when we're shooting. So how, how do you talk to the kids about connecting to the floor in regards to their feet? It depends on how much time I have with the player and what, what their habits are. I, if you're limited with time and you've got to make an impression very quickly, I'll just get a, a, a player and tell them to jump up in the air and turn, like have their back to the basket, jump in the air, rotate so that they're turning to face the basket in the air, and I'll have pushed them to their side, just getting them a little bit more off balance. And when they land, they're almost always, uh, with 99.9% certainty, their feet will land where I want their feet to be when they shoot because they're their body's just off balance. It knows it's off balance. It lands in a position where it knows it's going to be able to get its balance, and that's where I want you to be when you shoot the basketball. I like that drill. I saw you doing that online on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff, by the way. If you go to Coach Love's website, uh, Love of the Game, and you can also type in Dave Love on YouTube, and there's a ton of great stuff on there, great videos. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. We actually have a new website as well that just launched a couple of months ago, Uh uh, more geared towards this stuff, which is CoachDaveLove.com. CoachDaveLove.com. Um, yeah, the love of the game is becoming more than my my site for clinics and a host and the clinics I run. And Coach Dave Love will be more the teaching material stuff, and we'll probably end up fo- phasing out the love of the game in in time. Gotcha. So, hop or one two, what are you or both? Uh, both. That's not my call to make. That is. The players call to make in the situation, or the head coach. If a head coach has a strong opinion that I want my guys uh, on a 
dom- right foot pivot every single time or an inside foot forward pivot or an outside foot reverse pivot, if they have a strong feeling, it's my job as a player development coach to serve my head coach. And by serving the head coach, I'm serving the players that I'm working with, and I need to get them ready to serve him as well or, or her as well. So I don't believe there's a right way. There's probably more efficient ways in certain situations, but there's also more comfortable ways uh, for certain players, and we can't overlook the fact that if I want a player making a game-winning shot or uh, a crucial shot in a situation, I would like them to be comfortable and uh, and confident in what they're doing. And in a game, you're going to react how you react. Uh, and I want you to be good at that. Uh, and then behind the scenes, maybe we'll work on other uh, some of the other footwork. So I'll teach a hop. I'll teach a one-two, uh, left foot, right foot, right foot, left foot. I'll, I'll do it all so that when you're forced to react a little bit differently in that game and you, you haven't had a chance to pre-plan, you're just reacting, that you're comfortable with how your body reacted no matter what it was. See, that's what I agree with you on that because in camps, like the shooting, we'll go through the one-two, the hop. We'll go through many different things like you mentioned. And I'll tell kids, I'm like, I'm not your coach. I'm not your high school. I'm not your college coach. You're not going to go to a coach and say, hey, I went to camp and this camp coach said I need to hop and that's what I'm going to do. That's not the right answer. But I do see, like you mentioned, like sometimes a kid will be a really good hop individual and the coach is such a one-two person. And it's almost you're changing somebody that does something very, very well, and then you're trying to fit them into what you believe is better. And I see sometimes kids not as effective with that. Right. Um, and I think coaches need to be more open-minded to me to be like, what, how is this kid going to be successful? Because I want him to be successful. Well, it, it's not about my ego or the, the, the coach's ego. It's about the results, and, and we need – we need the shot to go in. And ideally, to increase the odds of that happening, I want there to be a lot of open shots because we're going to make a higher percentage of those. And if you have an open shot with time to execute even the slowest possible footwork or the least efficient, uh, and you make the shot, it's a made shot. And that's, that's the ultimate goal. So we clap our hand and we go the other way and, get, and play some defense. Uh, so I think we we can overcoach that. Uh, it's not to say I won't encourage and I don't have. I'll start in early in the development of a player if their balance is is poor and their use of their legs is poor. I will start them with a hop because I want them getting used to using their legs evenly, uh, pushing straight up in the air with both legs with the same amount of force from both legs and I think that's easier to learn to do when your feet hit the floor at the same time on a hop but as soon as they're comfortable with that I'll start to then get them comfortable back doing the same thing on a one two left right right left as well a lot of kids that you work with are are very they they try very hard they try very very hard to make every shot and when they don't make every shot, some of them break down mentally. Um, some kids just are like, you know, they're just a blank slate shooting. They don't really think about it, and, you know, they just shoot it. But a lot of kids are high achievers. They seek perfection, and when they don't get it, you know, they break down. How do you handle that? You have to be proactive with that. I think it's a lot like parenting, um, where if you're parenting 
on a reactionary basis, you're, you're policing a situation that's already happened, you're in trouble. Uh, if you can parent from a, from a proactive place and, and foresee situations and create expectations on how you want your child to act, then parenting becomes significantly easier. So as coaches, we need to, we need to have enough experience with the process that we're teaching where I can say, hey, you're, you're going to improve a ton in these first three workouts, and, uh, and then you're going to level off, and you're going to have a bad day. Do not panic. That's just a bad day. And you're preparing the, the player for what they, they may face on a, uh, not so much on a shot-by-shot basis, although it does happen within that, but just on a long-term uh, perspective. That uh, here's, here's the pitfalls of developing a skill and stay positive through it and, 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 and coach as opposed to just supervise. Give confidence and be honest and hold accountable. Uh, and then be proactive yourself as a, as a coach. Do you take your players through imagery or mindfulness, meditation type stuff to try to help them be in the moment when they're shooting or vis- visualizing what they're doing? Uh, I don't do any. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens over the next little bit because I do have a player who's very into that, and then I have a player that uh, is not into that kind of thing at all. If you If you make a suggestion that is, anywhere on the spectrum of something that he deems to be new agey he just tunes it out and so uh i'm curious to see what kind of happens over the next bit with uh, with the player that is really focused on those kind of things and i'll talk a little bit about breathing on free throws but uh i don't know that i go too much into that stuff um early on especially because they're I mean, we got to get the mechanics right first. You know, it goes back to talking about you know, being a great shooter. You have to be confident in what you do. What have you seen even, like, maybe recommendations to head coaches, what they can do to instill confidence in a shooter, even when they're maybe struggling in a game, ways to go about it to get them to think positive, to believe in what they're doing, and knowing that the next shot is going to be going in? It's about culture, and you're, you're constantly building those things trying to find something that will help that particular player. And I probably have a lot of little key words or just like a little hand gesture that uh, we've had so many conversations and explanations about what I, here's what I'm teaching you and here's why I'm teaching you at this and then reinforcing that with another long conversation so that they understand. But inevitably that gets boiled down into one word or an expression or me just like tapping my fingertips together to remind you to get the ball off the palm of your hand, get it on your fingertips. Uh, and so you may have uh, just a, a, a key point that you can hit a player with. Maybe you sent them a picture uh, of them shooting or in a position doing a drill that really resonated with that player. And you can just remind, hey, remember that picture that I, I texted you three weeks ago and you know, you commented on how good. I just see if you feel that picture, or you may splice together a whole bunch of their made shots in a row and just have it on your your iPhone or whatever phone you're using. Uh, can I get an iPhone sponsorship for for having mentioned that? Yeah, we'll, um, we'll submit it. Good luck. <laughs> you guys have the phone to do that. Uh, you might be able to uh, to just show them thirty seconds of hey, here's six made shots. Like there's a million different little things that 
that can be done. And I think as coaches, and this is what I'm really trying to get better at myself, is just create that inventory with each player because you never know what is going to be meaningful to them. I've said things to guys that I thought were just throwaway comments that they came back three weeks later and said, you know, that was really profound or that that really resonated with me in this way. And I thought, oh, geez, what? I didn't even think you were paying attention in that moment. So You mentioned form shooting. What is the balance that you do with players regards to form shooting, game shots, what's routines? It depends on where we are in their development, and it has nothing to do with their age. I've got uh, pro guys that have spent – one month doing one drill of uh, like one version of form shooting because I, I have sort of a progression I go through um, of form shooting to to build the technique that I would like to or the habits that I would like to see because it's not about how many shots should I get it's learning to do it right and if it takes you three days to learn to do it right or four weeks to learn to do it right the time didn't matter it's the result that's the important thing. And I can't, as a shooting coach, I can't limit the ceiling of your potential by just moving you on on a timeline that isn't right for you. If it's, it's taking you longer to get there, it's taking you longer. That's fine. That's skill development. So if a player is rebuilding and relearning a habit, it will be 100% form shooting, 0% game shots, until they're ready to shoot game shots. And, and that, as I say, that may take two months before we get into uh, like a game situation, a side pick and roll two dribbles to an elbow jumper or, or drifting to a corner three or whatever it is, uh, maybe two months before we get there. Now, once we're in season and a, uh, a player is, uh, is competent and they're trusting their mechanics and I trust their mechanics and they're getting the results that they deserve from those mechanics, then it may be we get 25 form shots, one drill to sort of reinforce a bad habit that we're still working on, and then half an hour of uh, game situations. So it might become... 80, 22 game situations at that point. What's your progression of form shooting you talked about? You kind of have a progression that you mentioned that you go through. Basically, we'll start at the end of the player's shot, like get the ball almost as high as I can in their release and work to get the ball to lead their index finger correctly. Uh, and then slowly start to bring the ball back to... Uh, lower in their shot and learn. okay so if you're learning to shoot just the end of your shot now can we shoot the middle and the end of your shot and do that well and then can we shoot the beginning the middle and the end and shoot that well then can we start to smooth it out yeah. and uh, so to me it's just a logical progression with our our end point being the starting point i agree with you and i and i do a lot of the 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 similar to that and the question i want to ask you though is i hear this from coaches sometimes someone will be like you know shooting form is not that important it's about getting the reps you get enough reps you'll become a great shooter and i kind of have more of the belief that i think form is important and if you can get somebody good form really good form and they get the reps you're going to become a better shooter there are guys that just have unbelievable touch and can do things that are fundamentally uh, wrong, but just their 
their touch is so world class they can they can compensate for lack of technique but those are I, i'm trying to think of a good example about, of that. the uh, best that i can do is, is reggie miller yeah but even him like if you look at some of the fundamental positions he was in, it's, you could argue that he has a very, very fu- fundamental shot. It's like shooting is really just physics plus touch. And if a player doesn't have any touch or not, it doesn't have great touch and their mechanics are poor, then their ceiling of how good they could be is just, it's low. There are so many moving parts that are working against each other and contradicting each other that it's going to be tough to synchronize all of those things perfectly in a hostile environment. And so as coaches, I think we need to look and we need to say, like, honestly, where is this person's glass ceiling? And going and getting a 1,000 reps a day is nice in theory, but if you're just if you're shooting a fundamentally flawed shot then you're down to the the potential of being able to make 80%, and we all know we never reach our potential. So you're making 85% of 80%. Why not just work on those fundamentals until the glass ceiling is at uh, 100%, and we're making 85 of the 100 instead of 85 out of the 80 it's been interesting a couple of years for me as a dad and a coach, and I got a kid that is a shooter. Going in mentally into that season as a shooter, what kind of frame are, are you trying to get guys into when they walk on the court? Ultimately, the place I just I want players to get to is just a quiet confidence in themselves, that and an understanding that not every day and not every shot is going to be perfect. We're going to do the best that we can every single day, and we're going to live with the results. And I think uh, some great advice that I remember is a coach pointing up to the uh, the rim and reminding uh, reminding me that we don't really control what happens up there, uh, and then pointing to his body and say, "We we do control this. So focus on what your body is doing and live with the results." And uh, a great book for you guys, if you haven't read it already, uh, The Inner Game of Tennis. And one of the things that I really gleaned out of that book was uh, if somebody's serving towards me and they, they serve the ball out, uh, I will have a perception of their, them based on that serve. That, oh, they're not very good or they missed that one or what, whatever. And if you're the person who's serving and it went out, you'll have a, a perception of yourself on... Uh, this isn't my strength, or I'm having a bad day, or that was a bad toss. The only person in the equation who actually got it right is the umpire. The ball was out. There's no judgment on you as a person. There's no, you just, the ball was out. So, and that, to me, like, that's a very comforting feeling where, hey, hey you're going to miss shots. Congratulations, you're a human being. We're all going to, you're going to do everything perfectly and still miss 10% of your free throws. Steph Curry does is unbelievable. Clay Thompson, unbelievable. And they still don't even make half of the shots that they take in games. Right. At the beginning of games, to get what, what you call a great shot, like good shots for you, you'll see some kids come out and they'll take bad shots. Maybe off yep. balance. They're highly contested shots. They're not going to go in. And then they miss a couple, and they're maybe long shots. They're thinking, what, this isn't my day. Uh, I can't shoot today. But if you get some 
easier shot Bunnies. opportunities in sweet spots that are open that you're going to shoot at a higher percentage. Now the ball starts going through the hole. Now you're starting to think a little bit differently. And I think sometimes yeah. kids don't get the right shots that are good for them early in games uh, to get that great mindset to continue throughout the next how many quarters or halves or what they're playing. And, and never mind early in games, like early in practice or early mm-hmm. for a shoot-around right. because uh, talking with, with the shooting coaches don't work with the great shooters. We work with the guys who are the below average or, or poor shooters, and, and you're, you're trying to teach them. You're trying to change people's perception. And right now the perception that we're, we're really trying to change the most is your own. And then second is our head coach. And you see too many players walk into practice and just start gunning up shots. Uh, well, head coach is then watching them miss shots, and you're not changing that perception. So how can he ask for more playing time when, when he still thinks that you're terrible? But if you can start to get into practice early and warm up with just little chip shots, like little five, eight-footers, uh, that you make 90% of, you start to see the ball go in a lot day after day after day, and, and you're shooting it with good form because they're relatively easy shots, making now 90% every single day. Now you're changing your own perception of yourself. And you can say, oh, Coach, I have confidence in myself. If you're making 55% of your free throws, no, you don't. And if you do, you shouldn't. Yeah, I tell Nick the first ten shots in the gym, you decide what your day's going to be like. Sometimes in the first ten shots. So, hey, tell me about Tristan Thompson. I'm a Cavs fan. Used to live up there, and you know, I, I read in Sports Illustrated when you were a part of changing him over from what was it, his left hand to his right hand. Never been done before. And it was it was it the Cavs' idea to do that, or your idea, or Tristan's? How did that all come down? I came into the process once the decision was made. Uh, Tristan was unsure as a young player which hand should be his shooting hand because he's very, very ambidextrous. Like he, he himself is confused about what hand he should do certain things with, even as an adult, uh, or, because they just both feel equally comfortable. Uh, and so as a, I think of an 11 or 12-year-old, he was asked, well, if you're not sure, then which hand do you write with? And he says, well, I write with my left hand. Okay, so shoot it with your left hand. And uh, uh, I think the question, what I've learned uh, just going through this process, is the question that I'll now ask if somebody's in that situation is, which hand do you throw a baseball with? He throws a baseball with his right hand. So right. he would start to, uh, as a poor left-handed shooter, he would start to challenge guys after practice to uh, weak hand shooting contests. And would just destroy guys because his weak hand was better. Was Smart actually guy. his strong yeah. hand, right? But it was just his inexperienced hand. Did I read they had and, him throw a uh, football? Is that how they figured it out? He had him throw a football, and his left hand looked yeah, like. Yeah, there's, there's that story. I've I've heard that story as well, and uh, yeah, that he just still hauled off and threw a spiral across the uh, the practice gym, which is not a short distance uh, with his right hand, and everybody kind of looked at each other like, "What's up here?" Like. He's a smart guy, though, oh, being yeah. able to go hustle people. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oil. yeah. So you got him. His percentage went up considerably once he switched to the other side, correct? It's, yes. I mean, it's hard for me to answer that because, I, number one, I, I try to be very humble with it, and I try to acknowledge that this is all the players. It really has nothing to do with me. So Tristan's uh, percentage did increase, but yes. 
Well, there you go. How's it work if uh, the players don't do well at your fall, coach? <laughs> you ever have one <laughs> go down? Really well, then, hey, it's not your – it's yeah. not what you did. It's the players. There you go. Well, and uh, to that point, I try and take the opposite. Like, when you do well, it's 100% about you. Yeah. And when you do poorly, it's all my fault. <laughs> and and uh, I try and own that. Uh, to just to take the pressure off. My job is to help this guy get better, and if I'm going to take all of the blame, uh, then hopefully that takes some some pressure off of them. And uh, uh, I mean, we'll, we sort of make a joke about, it, but I do believe that to be true. It's my job is to help you get better. So if if you do get better. Don't celebrate me. I just did my job. And if I didn't, well, I didn't do my job. Yeah, so, I've, I've used that approach at home in my home life. How's that it, working it's, out? It's worked well. Yeah. My six-year marriage. Yeah, he's yeah, sleeping in the basement. It's worked well. Guy's down in the basement on a, on a mattress is what he's doing. So, uh, Coach Dave, thank you so much for your time. Go to CoachDaveLove.com. CoachDaveLove.com. And you can also just type Dave's name in the Internet. Tons of stuff yeah. comes up on shooting. So, great stuff. Twitter and Instagram as well, uh, Coach Dave Love as well. So uh, thank you guys for your time. I've really had fun talking with you. And anytime you need somebody to come on again, just give me a shout. Head coach, Jim Huber. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? On the Breakthrough Basketball Radio Network. But what you don't realize is that it ain't easy. It is hard <laughs> damn work making something this pretty look like a chump or a geek. So I must be doing it for a reason. Well, you got me convinced, whatever the reason may be. Fact is, I missed this shot, I walk away, I'm still a chump. Go ahead and walk away. But you miss, and you've been beat, well, not once, but twice by a slow, white, geeky chump. <laughs> Sydney, no thing but a chicken wing on the string. I'm perfectly king. Sydney, I noticed that that wind was kicking up a bit on my last shot, you might want to just about. Six, eight inches to the left. Here it is. This is the big one. All the money. Don't worry, Sydney. I've hustled a hell of a lot better players than you before. <laughs> Don't put up no brick. <laughs> Would you stop yapping and let brother shoot? Brick. Don't you push your luck, man. Got nothing to do with it. Hey, yo, man, you said we was going to Sizzler, Oh, man, shut your anorexic, malnutrition, tapeworm-having, overdose Dick Gregory Bahamian diet-drinking ass up. Leave me alone.